0: doing another one yeah finally yeah um the last time we tried or the last time i remember we tried we just had a couple back and this one started off a little bad a little uh but um the last time we tried uh exterminator came to your door <laughs> oh my
1: gosh yes and a very, was very... forceful <laughs> exterminator i think he had a
0: quota he needed to meet or he'd gotten rejected a lot that day or...
1: I get that, but I'm never okay with someone no. being like, I don't think you're listening to me like Yeah, I say that I don't want something that you're selling me, and so, yeah, I was yeah. not thrilled with that. That was,
0: not, that was not cool at all. But,
1: um, I also yeah. understand sales work is hard, so.
0: Yes. I think both can be true. Yeah. We can be frustrated with that guy, and we can also have face. a little... I don't know. That was intense. That was. That's um, a good quick turn. Sorry. Cut that out. <laughs> And scene. um, yeah, but and then we started trying here, and the microphones that I had gotten recently that were supposed to be these cool little lavalier mics—they weren't charged, even though I thought they were—and and then my my snare drum fell over, <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> oh no! So here's the hoping the animals behave, um, no weird knocks at the door, right? Um, no malfunctioning of equipment yes um let's go and just good vibes
1: good vibes
0: (laughs) because things have been good
1: yeah it's been a great day today
0: yeah like i've had some mental health struggles recently but my mental health struggles are so often like out like untethered from reality in a way that Mm -hmm. like it doesn't really matter like i things could be going well like i could be loved and i can have everything i need and, and I, i'm still malfunctioning yeah, mentally yeah. um so but as far as like the checklist of things we need and things that we yearn for we, like we can check off a lot of things yeah. um lately so that's great um one of those is we've been tr- uh trying out a church i know who the fuck is who are, well especially with me <laughs> People are listening to this. I bet Colt's listening to this, rolling his eyes. But, um, but, um, yes. But let me explain. <laughs> it
1: comes with qualifications.
0: Um, I never even ever say it right. It's a universalist Unitarian. Unitarian universalist. We switch it. Um, that I actually had found. Mm-hmm. But, um, do you want to say a little about your? Like where you've been yeah. with church and and religion and what kind of made you want to try to find something that works for both of us? Is yeah, that kind
1: of, yeah, I would love to. Thanks. Um, so I grew up in a United Methodist. It was a very liberal United Methodist, though I didn't realize that at the time. Right. Um, but it was very, like, <laughs> hippie, touchy-feely, get in touch with your spirit, Uh um, They had a dance team that did, like, the ribbon dances and stuff around. And it actually looked really cool. Like, it was beautiful. And people were just really passionate about art and community and being and loving people well. Yeah. Um, Their motto was, make God's love believable. And so... Wow. I know. It was really sweet. I really like that. It was a beautiful church. And... I didn't necessarily appreciate it because it was also an older church, and so I really wanted something that was more hip and that my friends could come to. Yeah. Um. But looking back now, it was beautiful, and so I spent some time in like an evangelical non-denominational church, and like my beliefs have changed from there, um, both uh, socially and theologically. And so, yeah, I'm I'm becoming more open to this idea, and I think we'll probably talk about it. This idea of like Christ energy
0: or like uh-huh.
1: um, God energy. Sure,
0: we can go mm-hmm. with that.
1: Um, so yeah, so um, the I basically left the evangelical church due to frustrations with how they treated um, large swaths of people. Yeah, um, and it, it honestly broke my heart. Like um, I was a part of a really great small group that I loved, and it it um, kind of dissolved for multiple reasons. And so it was one of those things where like it was just a good time to break. And so I've been trying to figure out what church looks like for me for a
0: while. And... Well, look what does God look like? Yeah, yeah, I'm um, still working on that. Yeah, I came across. I love coming across different definitions for God because mm, yeah. I don't. So anyone that knows me, my my story is grew up around uh, like evangelical, non denominational Christianity. Um, very early on, was just like, this ain't it. Mm. Uh, like thirteen, fourteen, um, and w- went through a very like angry atheist phase went through like just like an atheist just like over it Mm -hmm. don't don't and and have in the last couple years um remet what we have reconsidered and kind of uh reopened up to the idea of spirituality without Mm -hmm. god Mm -hmm. and and that's where i think definitions of god are really interesting because there's the um there's the old man in the sky definition which i think a lot of Mm. modern christianity in america is going off especially what you're talking about these evangelical and that kind of stuff um and and so i realized we've made up god in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and so if we're making up god let's make up the god Mm -hmm. we want Mm -hmm. and so so that the god that works best for all people and the god that that works best for us, right? Mm. Um so I'm in the process of making my own god in a way. <laughs> uh, and I came across this quote. I was actually reading The Universal Christ, mm. talking about Christ energy by Richard Rohr, and he quotes Michael Dowd who says, "God is reality with a personality." Okay. I got to
1: think on that. Can you say that one more time?
0: God is reality with a personality. Okay. So the truth of what we're living in, right? Right all this interconnected all these things that are happening okay. right but we put a face to it we got to have we got to have a salesman right we got to have we got <laughs> we got not even a salesman a, um, like a mascot we yeah. need a mat like yeah. like there's a reason ba- like basketball teams have mascots and all these things have like um, faces of the company and the, every mm. there's always a because it's hard to it's hard to get a, our head around like the Chicago Bulls when we see Benny the Bull, I guess I should use the Pacers as an example. <laughs> that would have been smart of me. But when we when we see Benny the Bull, mm-hmm. we can kind of it gives it kind of a personality, right? Yeah. Um, it gives this large thing that's hard to grasp a yeah. personality, um, and I think that's a really useful way to think about whatever we're calling it—God, yeah. or consciousness, or Christ energy. It's, yeah. Um, or whatever we want to call it. Um, it's so
1: interesting because it's hard. Like you're saying this, I'm like, okay, I like, I think I understand that, but I still have this pull from whether it's evangelical or whatever, where it's just like, no, there has to be a definition. There has to be yeah. a. a when well, that's also your your like science background too. Like yeah, that doesn't like help. <laughs> what is what are the definitions <laughs> right. of this? Right, right. And,
0: um, you're a person that's often like, but why or why? Like, how does that work? Or you know, like needing to know everything yeah and it's like it's but that's why god is a metaphor you know the one i was using for a long time was the um uh joseph campbell's uh thing that god um, is a metaphor for everything true and untrue Um, no for for god is metaphor for everything that's true that uh, spans the categories of being and non-being so every everything that's a mystery it's, okay. like, it's a me- basically God is a metaphor for the mystery okay. of everything, yeah. um, everything that we that is bigger than us, that is um, God, and which means everything.
1: So do you think that means that as we understand more, whether through science or experience, uh-huh. like does that mean God changes? Like, I think so. That's so interesting.
0: I think I think well, you see it in the way denominations are changing churches are changing yeah, and,
1: that's true. Yeah. and
0: there's all these different things that pop up you know i'm a big ramdas guy and like right. ramdas was just like he's giving a talk and he quotes the buddha and he quotes jesus and he quotes martin Luther king jr and you're yeah. like okay like we're in this you know <laughs> yeah. like um and you know he's very into hinduism and so it's it's that i love the idea of a collage god mm. um the wisdom from we do we do it with everything else we don't yeah you know yeah. <laughs> like it's not like if science if chemistry needs a little help from biology or yeah. then it's going to take some from gonna. <laughs> oh yeah. this is a different branch of science yeah. like yeah you can't do okay. it you know what? Yeah. um so and so get getting back to the uu church uh, thanks, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa just told us it was time to have dinner. Um, uh, but, anyways, um, the yeah, getting back to UU church, um, that was the thing that was so fascinating about it because mm, yeah. I keep saying it was like the form was recognizable as Christianity,
1: I, I would, but say the that, function yeah. was way different. It kind of flows in the way that you would expect a church, especially like the traditional, like Presbyterian or United Methodist. Yeah. Like you have an opening, pre- yeah. prelude prelude, prelude. Yeah, and um, then you have an opening hymn, then you mm-hmm. have a prayer, and so they follow that. But like our opening, Off-
0: offertory.
1: Yeah, the yeah. offertory was it's. Um...
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but here's the fu- the function is different. Right. Where the offertory, it's not, you know. Washed in the blood of Jesus. You know, it's not that. It's the song is today the offertory song was
1: Um, it's Halloween time. Wait, what's it called? Uh Why am I blanking on it?
0: This is Halloween?
1: This this is Halloween. Yep, you're right. That's it. Uh from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Which we just watched last
0: night, which we'll talk about more later probably. But um but that was the offertory
1: song. Right. Which I love. And I mean, last week it was the Superman theme song. Hmm. And it's, it's, it feels It ties almost,
0: in, and these tie in metaphors. Yes. Well, obviously, today we were talking about Halloween. Before we were talking about the United Nations. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and so kind of power and I yeah, don't know. This exactly. idea of like service and saving service, the world. Service, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so it's
1: not completely irreverent, but it also, it's almost like it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is nice too.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's the truth that it's after, Mm -hmm. it keeps it very simple. Yeah. Where it's, uh, they have these tenets Mm -hmm. of, like, there's seven tenets, um, and they're, they're, would you mind grabbing it real quick? But they they have these tenets of the church, and then this local one has added an eighth one, and... They're they're really just they're kind of the core of most faiths, mm-hmm. but like boiling it down like this really gets at at um uh at like the that activation of it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Versus like it doesn't get lost in all this almost theology. Yeah. There's not a lot of theology.
1: I wouldn't say so. Yeah, right. The theology is very humanistic. It's very mm-hmm. human-focused like and community-focused. Yeah,
0: and that's why I think I'm not, like, turned off. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Um, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. A free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The right of conscious and... The right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and society at large. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Mm-hmm. That's theology, but it's boiled way down. Yeah. And it's just like, we're, it's like you said, it's humanistic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a label I put on myself for a while, I was humanist. And I don't know how how that works per, exactly with, but that but it does come down to the human and then then and the way we branch out from there mm-hmm. um so yeah so i really did you was did you have anything you want to say about those or
1: um no i love that you could like i think you kind of said this or did say this but that each of these can be found in some form uh-huh. of a religion uh-huh. but i like that this is it feels collaborative, I think. Whereas oh. the, maybe religions, it's more of, we want to be right, uh-huh. and we want to make sure we're in the right, and uh-huh. we, we want to take by force songs, yeah. or like convince others that we are right. And you need me. Yeah. Like, yeah. you
0: need me to get into hell so you yeah. don't go to hell. Right. You need me to make sure you stay on God's good side.
1: And maybe this is more just because I'm most familiar with Christianity, so I don't want to say all religions, because right. I don't know enough, but... Um, especially with that evangelical Christianity, that's mostly what I got, and so I like that this comes at it from a, hey, we're in this together, and we are working towards this goal. Like, yeah. it's I don't know, maybe that is just humanism in its boiled down
0: form, but yeah. I just I, I'm
1: that's really beautiful. Yeah, it is.
0: It is really beautiful, and I I felt that today. Mm. So today we we had the pleasure of participating in the church's. Um, Chili cook-off? Yep. Well, you did. You made chili. And we also participated in their trunk-or-treat thing, uh, which was so fun. It was really fun. Um, I I think, really, I just want to be, like, a 55-year-old, like, mom most (laughs) of the time. Um, But, but, so, like, just that, that passing out candy and, like taking chili and like that was just yeah this just feels right yeah um you had the most eaten chili there i did i I noticed as we were picking up all the all the crock pots were about half full yours had like less than a bowl left yeah so good job thanks um Thanks for hyping me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a little skeptical, too. You, I was, too. <laughs> you went a little experimental. You put garbanzo <laughs> beans in it, and I was like, that's risky. But, um, but it was delicious, and it was, yeah, very thick, and good. Anyways, I'm describing chili, chili. on the podcast. Yes, right. um, but, <laughs> we'll put the recipe good. in the liner notes or something. Great podcast, bro. Um, But, yeah, And so, I think real quick we need to talk about our Halloween costume.
1: Yes! Oh, I'm so proud of this Halloween costume. It was
0: kind of your... It was your idea. Even I'm, though it was a disc golf...
1: It was. Well, it's, it's because I love Halloween costumes. Yeah. And especially creating them from scratch. And, like, yeah. kind of making them clever. Like, my... One of the ones I think, I still think would be amazing is the football dividers where the, the 10 yard markers. Yep. Like I'd be one orange one, you'd be the other orange one. I mean, and we the have the a chain, chain between chain us. us. I think that would be amazing. A 30
0: foot chain? Yes.
1: Um, we would, I think we would absolutely die at some point during the evening, yeah. but it would it wrapped
0: around like a light bulb. <laughs> 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 Can't figure out how to get untangled. Um,
1: but I knew you obviously enjoy disc golf and, um, uh, yeah, I had these old M M&M costumes that we repurposed into yeah. a disc. And yeah. then it kinda of went from there. You started suggesting
0: Yeah. So I started coming up with other ideas and um so then she had a yellow M M&M and M costume and I was thinking back to the year twenty twenty one. And uh, <laughs> when uh James Conrad at the World Championships had he had a A big like 250 foot throw in um, to tie and push a playoff on the last hole, Mm -hmm. and and eventually won the championship. So he he shouldn't have won. Like yeah, there he just threw an amazing like a like I argue I've had arguments with people that it's the it's the most important shot in Mm -hmm. sports history.
1: Wow, because it was the
0: last throw Mm -hmm. on the last hole of the world championships, it doesn't go in, mm-hmm. and from 250 feet, which is a really hard shot even for a pro, it, he's done. Yeah. And he put and then pushes through and has the playoff and wins. Yeah. Um, against one of the best. Against the, the best player of all time. Yeah. That's a great point. And, um, so anyways, nerd, nerd time over. <laughs> uh, well, not quite. Uh, but, so I decided I'll dress up like James Conrad and you had the yellow M&M costume and his disc was yellow with a blue rim. Mm-hmm. So we took blue ribbon mm-hmm. and made you the the Axiom Envy. Mm-hmm. So we used the M from the M&Ms for the M for the Axiom. And yeah, and then I uh, was James Conrad and I got the, I got the, I had an excuse to buy a $40 MVP <laughs> team t-shirt. Um, and I also bought, Oh, he has long hair, and so I, I bought a, a wig. Yes. Um, and it, there was never quite the right match, so it was a little redder than his, and it was a little, it was feminine. <laughs> um, it was. But, uh.
1: If you're imagining at home, one of the trick-or-treaters' moms said it looked like Anna's hair, um, today. So, yeah. it, it's she very. She asked me if I was Anna. Yeah. i um, frozen.
0: So it's very red and very luxurious. Yeah, luxurious is a good word. <laughs> yeah, luxurious is a good word. Um, But, yeah. So anyways, we did that, and, and that was great. But one thing I did want to talk about was... Um, I love today... A lot of the Halloween talk was around ancestors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of traditions have these kind of things. Um, and so... Uh, the is it pastor? I don't even know. Reverend is Reverend. They use it, Reverend. Okay, the Reverend, um, he, uh, kind of led us through some thought exercises, like bringing up thoughts and, uh, gratitude and uh, recognition of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it'd be nice to, I was just sitting there Mm -hmm. a little curious what what you were thinking, who you were thinking of and what you were thinking of. We don't have to talk about all of them or anything, but, um, uh, yeah because there's like the obvious ones like probably from your the family members you are closest to uh, all that but like there's some other ones that you know he mentioned like people like people in your life that you have or like famous people that you've found or influential people that you've found important to you um so yeah uh so what were you thinking about when you (laughs) when you were reflecting on your ancestors Uh, because you said that was new for you it
1: was i'm not used to that and it's yeah as i was doing that of course the first ones that popped in my brain were like my grandparents because they're the most recent ones that i've loved or that have died Uh and so this idea of an ancestor no no longer being around and so i know like their ideas of faith um and their ideas of love and like I always hear the story of how excited my grandmother was when I was born. Like she's just wanted she wanted to be a grandmother so badly. Not unlike my mother, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then I started thinking living relatives too, and so it's yeah, it was people from my that church that I went to when I was growing up. There were so many of them who were just I don't know. They loved a really awkward eight year old girl who loved being in front of people and doing bits and being a goofball and. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just. Yeah. People who reminded me what love was. I think it really oh, that's, showed that well. That's, I love
0: that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what about you? Oh, I was thinking about. Well, you know, I have an an altar. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an ancestral altar. It's kind of got some religious stuff. It's got. It's just kind of a a bunch of different stuff. I guess I shouldn't say religious. Spiritual stuff mm-hmm. on it. Um. But. Um. So I was thinking. You know a lot about my uh, grandparents, my grandparents as well, my Mm -hmm. uncle, Um, and but I was thinking also I Ramdas encouraged me one time, like in one of his talks, um, to put a picture of yourself as a child on your altar, oh, and your child self being your one of your ancestors, Mm. those who came before you. And who changed the, the way the course of your life yeah. was that, that little Tyler. That, like you mentioned, that little eight year old. I have got a picture of me in the only suit I've ever owned. <laughs> that's <an> amazing. Picture. <laughs> I begged I my that. grandma to buy me a suit <laughs> for the kindergarten pictures. Oh my gosh. So and, uh, and so I have a picture because that that's also the kid that in a few years lost his grandma, lost mm-hmm. his uncle, had premonitions about both of those. His okay. brother had been taken away from him, had been sent away. Um, the a lot of the things that started that I'm tripped up by now, yeah. uh, Still, were that little boy, you know. And I was just thinking about that little boy. My parents were great about taking me to Halloween stuff and like and thinking about um, how much that Tyler would have loved that I was at that, you know, that I was handing out candy and I love
1: that.
0: Yeah, and. So I was thinking a lot about that, um, and then I also was thinking about um, I was thinking about Dean Dean Young again. You know, I did a I I think it's the last podcast I did was in honor of Dean, and uh, you know he was my mentor um, at um, at UT Austin, the Missioner Center, but he was also my first favorite poet when i was Mm. 18 years old and i was just getting the poetry and i found it and i was like this is um this is it's so cool and interesting and there's a whirlwind of it that uh feels really real to my at that time starting to kind of go a little nutty brain Mm -hmm. and it felt really true and dean was the i talked about in that episode but dean was one of the few people in my life that truly got that about me and was saw that connection and also um you know till the day he died i think supported me in that yeah and i really felt that and um and so and poetry is such a huge part of my life so um he, and he's my biggest influence and <laughs> in a lot of ways i've just write shitty dean young poems um which i'm okay with um but you admit you had uh pointed out that during that episode when i was like reading poem like my favorite poems dean i didn't read the poem that my tattoo my first tattoo um says "Weird uh, we are clouds and terrible things happen in clouds and it's from uh a dean young poem and i didn't read that poem and so i thought i would make amends on that and read yes. that and kind of in honor of dean and um, and there's some things about poetry I want to talk about too, because okay. we use poetry and science as kind of are like the opposites refracting, mm-hmm. and so we have lineages and ancestors in those, Ooh, yeah. in those areas as okay. well, you yeah. know. So, like you probably had a science teacher in high school that you know, like that's your ancestor, even yeah. though it's not your blood relative, right?
1: Miss Bolta. There you go.
0: Amen. Um, Yeah, so this is called Fraudage. How goofy and horrible is life. Just look into the faces of the lovers as they near their drastic destinations, the horses lathered and fagged. Just look at them handling the vase priced beyond the rational beneath the sign stating the store's breakage policy. And what is the rational but a thing we must always break? I am not the only one composed of fractious murmurs. From the point of view of the clouds, it is all inevitable and dispersed. They vanish over the lands to reconstitute over the seas themselves again, but no longer themselves. What they wanted, they no longer want. Daylight fidgets across the frothy waves. Most days, you can't even rub a piece of charcoal across paper laid on some rough wood without a lion appearing. A fish's umbrella skeleton. Once we believed it told us something of ourselves. Once we even believed in the diagnostic powers of ants. Upon the eyelids of the touched and suffering, they'd exchange their secretive packets, like notes folded smaller than chemicals the dancers pass while dancing with another. A quadrille. They told us nearly nothing which may have been enough now that we know so much more. From the point of view of the ant, the entire planet is a dream quivering beneath an eyelid, and who's to say the planet isn't? From the point of view of the sufferer, it seems everything will be taken from us except the sensation of being crawled over. I believe everything will be taken from us, then given back when it's no longer what we want. We are clouds and terrible things happen in clouds. The wolf's mouth is full of strawberries, the morning's a phantom hum of glories.
1: Thanks
0: for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, so that I just feel like that poem just from the from the start, is like how goofy and horrible is life. <laughs> right? Like here we are. Um and and then it takes you on this kind of it's a whirlwind. It, and it, it is. And it's it's a little unsettling and it's it's honest, mm-hmm. but it's also a little cryptic. It's mm. it's it it's like I heard a poet one time describe uh, Jennifer Knox, uh, said that in her poem she's trying to, like, that little paddle with the ball mm-hmm. in the string. Mm-hmm. She's, like, says in her poem she's trying to play with that and get that string snapping as hard as it can. Mm-hmm. Like, almost to the point where it's going to snap. And, wow. the, and the trick is to not let it snap. Okay. To let that, get that thing get out that there as hard as that tension and that and a, okay. and a ball's faster and faster and faster. Oh. And that and that's the because that's how i feel and that's Mm. kind of the psychological space i'm working in a lot of Mm -hmm. times and so um when that gets um kind of replicated or mimicked in poetry that is where i really connect and that is where it loses a lot of people (laughs) um but yeah so anyways did uh what did you think of that poem did you what did that have that same did you have that feeling of, like, I'm lost, or I'm, I, I'm drifting, or I don't know what's going on?
1: Um, I would say the best way I can describe, like, I would say his, is it reminds me of how I feel when I look at surrealistic art, where yep. I am in this space, and I'm expecting one thing, or I see one piece, and uh-huh. then I look at the whole thing, or I look at another part, and it's surprising and unexpected, and so he, th- those words surprise me, but then they're so pleasurable, like, uh-huh. the way... He just talks about a quadrille, like that word comes out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, and but it's it's perfect. Like I, if you said a waltz, it wouldn't work the same. Or if you Uh said, you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, it's just it's surprising, it's frustrating, and my tension probably lies in that. I want to dice. I almost want to diagram it. Like I would diagram a sentence, and I'm learning. That's not how you approach poetry, or you can, but like you can,
0: you can, you can make a great career out of it. I, (laughs) I. I think it's missing the pleasures of poetry, yeah. and I was reading. I was reading. There's this really beautiful essay um, called "The One Thing That Can Save America," um, that by uh, Matthew Zapruder, um, which is a reference to John Ashbery poem. But anyways, um, and in it, it made me think of you, and I was thinking of this where he has received a letter from someone, and they're talking about how um, they've. Anytime they read poetry, it makes it feel like they're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. and there's uh, it feels like they're drifting, and there's no place to kind of hold on to, and mm-hmm. they're just it's this drifting, and and this is what he says. I want to write her back with some useful words. Mostly, what I would want to tell her is that if the poem gave her that drifting experience, it is doing what it is supposed to do. I'd like to say to her this experience she describes as precious, rare, virtually extinct, even and that she has everything she needs already and is starting to do it exactly right on her own. And that the preservation of this drifting experience is the purpose and promise of poetry. Mm. So the thing that people are skeptical about, are worried about, are concerned about, is actually the thing that um, that it's there for. Mm. It's kind of like weed. <laughs> and here... <yeah, laughs> <laughs> here is why Do or drugs when they're used like ritualistically or yeah. or used well is yes you can get high and get and get paranoid and eat a bunch of food and feel mm. like crap and and whatever and and be like or get like freaked out and be like why why am I at-? like I love when people like get high or take mushrooms and then they're like freaked out that they're freaked out yeah I'm like you took that to do this, yeah, and that's kind of the same thing. Is if you just lean into it, like yes, I'm going to be adrift for a while, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to meditate. I'm going to walk around and I'm going to stare at a tree, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going. This is this is what poetry. This is what Zapruder, Matthew Zapruder, who had that. I hope I said his name earlier. Um, that is what he's trying to say. He's trying is that's what we're here. for that we don't get to do that. We're always knowing stuff. Mm-hmm. We're constantly analyzing mm-hmm. and compartmentalizing and categorizing um, all these dualistic things. And we don't always... We, we Poetry is our chance to not have to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. As you were describing that, it made me think of how I feel towards meditation as well. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. a very similar... Like, it's not something you master in terms of... <laughs> like you do it this right way because you follow this formula or follow this, yeah. but you just approach it, and whatever comes, you recognize it as it is. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that's probably why I get frustrated with both so frequently. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, like you said, something that you don't encounter very often. Like, there is so much certainty or so many things you can just look up on your phone when you don't know or you yeah. don't understand.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um,
0: yeah, the turmoil, the disjunction, the the blunt honesty all that is part of the part of it yeah it's it, there's nothing wrong <laughs>
1: you know like
0: um anyways. so thanks for letting me share that and yeah that's the ancestor i want to talk about too is dean mm-hmm. uh, a little more and if you haven't listened to that last episode you know of porch poems i would highly recommend it um dean's a phenomenal poet and you know the experiences i got to have with him or because of him, where mm-hmm. I'll never forget. Um, yeah, uh, you kind of had like an—I don't know if you'd call it an ancestor, but a person that popped up in your memory because of this church, right? Mm-hmm. This Linus Pauling.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You want to tell us about Linus?
1: Yeah. So last week when I, we were at church, the um, the speaker uh, spoke about the United Nations and the um, and how. Unitarian Universalists are um, very committed to a, forming a community with the world and making sure that all people are taken care of and that they were very instrumental in the United Nations. And Linus Pauling was a famous universal, Unitarian. I think it was before they came together, so he was either a Universalist or Unitarian. Unitarian. Right. Um, and I think he actually ended up calling himself an atheist later, so I don't know that that association stayed the whole time. But um, yeah. you can also be an atheist and a yeah. like Unitarian, so it's all... Um, But yeah, they were
0: kind of talking about important figures Mm -hmm. that help in the UU Church that have helped, yeah, um, in the United Nations, right, and globally.
1: And so he is one of the he's the only person to to receive the Nobel Prize twice by himself. So like other people have received it in partnership with someone else, and then yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so he first won it for I believe it was chemistry. Um, and I recognized his name from millions of chemistry classes, it feels like <laughs> um, But uh, reading back over him, it was amazing to me how fundamental he changed um, the idea of uh, quantum chemistry, which is really complicated and I don't fully understand, but it basically yeah. involves like molecules moving and bonds and the way um, things are related to each other. And but he's taking things to the next level. Yeah, right. completely changing the fundamental understanding of how Yeah. And it's something that kind of has uh, revolutionized chemistry. And I think even now it's beyond that. But like from his time in the 30s and 40s, it was huge.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so he also, um, he's the one who um, helped the Watson Crick and Franklin come up with the idea of the DNA double helix, which they're Uh famous for. But his building blocks on proteins and how they form and how bonds are formed, uh, kind of got them to that point. So he was kind of instrumental in a lot of the major breakthroughs. But um, the second prize, he won for peace, actually. Um, He and his wife, and he says he regrets that he didn't win it with his wife, which Uh. I thought was pretty great. Um, But, um, yeah, he won it for the the Nobel Prize for Peace for his work on nuclear disarmament. Um, He was very um, outspoken and, and very influential. He got something... Uh, some sort of protest uh, written and signed by some 11,000 scientists around the world to submit to the UN to help encourage this idea of nuclear disarmament and stopping, I think it was more stopping nuclear testing above yeah. ground because um, they saw how it was affecting people around and affecting yeah. um, health. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just amazing that he, um, he could be so influential in so many different areas. Um, and I love that his passion, like, he was, he seemed insatiable in his search for knowledge. Like, he just wanted to understand everything and pick things apart. Yeah. Um, but well, then, okay. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say it, but then he also had this full life outside of that, that, yeah. um, still wanted to know and understand and learn, but wanted to use that for the betterment of his fellow man.
0: That's anyway. what I'm struck by. That's what I was going to say is, he did, I feel like a lot of times people, like, you want to take it to an ex- like if he just wants to keep he he could have he was clearly was a brilliant scientist right so he could have been on the forefront of nuclear stuff yeah if he wanted to be yeah but he used his humanistic perspective and his from what you know his UU background and this idea of a global community and mm-hmm. and dignity for all mm-hmm. and he put that first mm-hmm. over you know trying to.
1: Become the best, become
0: at, the yeah. best, and just like, no, this isn't okay. Yeah. And that takes tremendous, um, uh, like restraint of the ego, mm-hmm. yeah. And it takes tremendous amount of presence mm-hmm. to, to do something at that level.
1: It sounds like his wife was really instrumental in that, That's which is awesome. kind of amazing. They were married for i don't know i think it was like some 50 or 60 years yeah um yeah yeah and if it were now
0: she would probably be a badass and have her own you know like yeah
1: yeah Yeah. definitely but unfortunately because of the time her contributions weren't necessarily recognized in the same way yep but um i love that he had that outlet too and that they kind of they brought each other home to that and so that's beautiful really cool
0: yeah very good well speaking of chemistry that brings us to our so question yes. for today from our little so we have this little card game called so more than friends and it's a collection of questions for deeper discussions and so on these episodes we like to just pop one out and um and chat about it and so the one today i thought was interesting uh i knew it'd give me a good segue too because <laughs> chemistry in it. but it's uh so uh what's the difference between intimacy and Chemistry. Mm-hmm. Did you have a
1: chance to think about that? I did. I
0: mean, yeah. you, you know that you know all the
1: actual definitions of chemistry right. and all that yeah. stuff. And I'm not going to be that annoying. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> be like, well, chemistry means that. Um, I, I think I kept coming back to intention, mm-hmm. um, and like, chemistry is something that happens naturally. Like, you mm-hmm. can feel it. Yeah. In theory, with anyone, like you could this isn't gross but like you could feel it with like an animal like a, a pet you can connect with yeah. a pet in a way like simpatico not, like, yeah i think right? maybe that's a better one yeah like Cause chemistry and sounds the, sexual and it's not it. yeah yeah
0: yeah and intimacy is <laughs> and in this case maybe it is but it you can be you should and can be intimate across the board and you can you should be and you can have chemistry across the, yeah. across the board with a lot of different people and creatures and
1: yeah, yeah. So, this idea of, like, you have no real control over who you have chemistry with, mm-hmm. but you do have control over who you can be intimate with and who you are. I think it involves, like, intending to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and show your true self. Yeah. So, I think those are kind of the two different, like, choice, I guess. Yeah. Uh,
0: I That's what I thought of. I thought of, like, chemistry is this, like, it's that spark on the eye when you, like, meet someone and you're, like, something is yeah is flowing here. Yeah. Intimacy is that choice. All right, that was a weird little slip up. Um I recorded this thing on my iPad and someone called and it came through and it stopped the recording. But what I was saying was uh the difference between intimacy and chemistry. Um as Beth said uh chemistry is like a natural thing and intimacy uh is something that's more created. Mm-hmm. Um I yeah, I saw them as like because I started thinking about, can you have one without the other? Mm. And I like, I think chemistry is probably um, really in- integral for intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like you probably have, it's probably a prerequisite in a mm. lot of ways to have true intimacy. Okay, yeah. You probably have to have some sort of chemistry. Sure. Um, but but I was thinking about us and what we've talked about it. It's in the name of this podcast. We we're opposite, and yeah. so we don't have we didn't have that kind of natural like, like like, poet looking at a poet or so you know like yeah where we we kind of found it in intimacy. We mm-hmm. kind of we did in some ways create our own chemistry through our intimacy through mm-hmm. being with because we like being around each other. But we, you know what I mean. I, not yeah. to say we didn't like no, no, it's hard to explain, but it was like, <laughs> uh, like yeah, and so. And so that one has me a little perplexed, but in my experience, it's mostly been chemistry begets intimacy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it would be really hard to be intimate with someone in a in a really mutually beneficial, heart open way if you didn't have like some natural chemistry.
1: I would think. Um,
0: so, so we obviously do. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but it's it's not necessarily that chemistry you think of where you get. Yeah. Flash in the eye or is that what you said? How did you describe it? I think you said something like a twinkle
0: in your Yeah, universe. you get that, so that twinkle. Yeah. Yeah. Um well I was thinking it too in terms of um witnessing versus collaborating. Ooh,
1: okay. So
0: um chemistry is like an automatic, like you and I are in this together and mm. we're kind of collaborating, like we're mm. we're having this mutual pleasurable experience. Nice. Whatever that looks like. And intimacy is that next step of vulnerability, where not only are we now, but now you get to watch me, like, be vulnerable, mm. and you get to, I trust you to watch me be vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where, like, sex comes in, or, like, other things we describe as intimate, yeah. right? Um, like, that really comes in when you let the other person be a witness to you in your vulnerable state. You're naked, literal or not, <laughs> it's literal yeah. or figurative nakedness. Yeah. Um,
1: it's really hard for, to let you see me cry. Like, I, yeah. it's painful. Yeah. But it's also, one, sometimes we can't avoid it because we're in the same yeah. house. But yeah. that's it's that inti- intimacy and in showing that I trust you enough to handle my full self.
0: And for that to go well, uh-huh. we have to have good chemistry. We I have to so. naturally yeah. just be vibing. Because yeah. if we're, because we, we have times where we aren't vibing and it it's sex doesn't really work right like being like having a conversation about a relationship not a good time for that if we're not yeah. in sync. but once we are then that opens up to this level of intimacy mm-hmm. where all those things now are working beautifully yeah. um yeah sorry i talked a lot on that one do no, you have anything I, else you'd like to say
1: no i love how you described that i hadn't thought of them as kind of being tied together i kind of saw them almost as opposing like you know you can start with chemistry but if you want it to be intimacy it has to be it has to develop into something else but i like that it's almost um i don't know i I like that word prerequisite like it's, it's 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 the formative seed that kind of builds into
0: the possibility of yeah um get out of here we gotta hit a couple last things um so we just see what kind of recommendations we got for our friends out there Mm -hmm. um what's something that you've experienced or noticed or listened to or whatever recently that you think other folks should yeah um
1: so it's very funny because i wouldn't have described myself as this but i'm really enjoying basketball
0: Oh no! <laughs> oh no!
1: So what are you saying that? No, it's beautiful. <laughs>
0: I just feel sorry for you. Oh no! Well, the NBA season is in full swing. The
1: NBA season. So I've been watching my fair share of basketball. Yes, I've you been have. Learning some some names and some some yeah rules. You have like, any hot
0: takes for, for <laughs> the <decidedly> listeners? No, <laughs> no one should ever
1: listen to my hot takes. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's just been a, it's been an enjoyable thing to do together and just kind yeah, of unwind it. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I love seeing I mean, you amaze me with how much you know and how yeah, you can be like this person had this blah 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 and um It's disgusting. It is not. It's, <laughs> it's that bad. No, it's I can't
0: remember shit. Uh, like about anything. We go to trivia and I don't know anything, but as soon as an NBA question from the 90s pops up, I'm like when I was eight years old, I like got it, and I like, I don't know, it just stick. It stuck back then, and it still sticks now. Yeah. Now I think it's the podcast because mm. I listen to so many podcasts. You so do. Um, I always have a basketball podcast on. So you know, you're very
1: knowledgeable like, and like to stay up on like what yeah. people, how people approach it, and you like getting different ideas. Of, yeah. Yeah,
0: people's perspectives. But I'm so glad you enjoy watching again yeah. because I've kind of taken over the TV at night. Um, <laughs> with. NBA League passing with Pacers games, and um, so I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah,
1: it's been fun, it's been really
0: fun. Now, if I start catching you watching them alone, that's when I'll be like, uh oh, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, how about you? What do you want to share with our well, thanks for sharing? I'm just so uh, that was so cute that you said that. <laughs> I love that. Um, I would like to talk about the new album by Charlie Crockett called The Man from Waco. Yeah. Um, Charlie puts out like two albums a year, and a lot of it's like sometimes he does a lot of old country covers, but he does a lot of his songs, and I'm just amazed. Mm-hmm. Like, if you put out an album of a year, that's amazing. Yeah. But he puts out like two a year. And, uh, you know, one of them was called Ju- Jukebox Charlie, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really apt thing. Um, and the thing is, when I first listened to Charlie Krakat, I was like, these are just country songs, you know, and then I really started listening more, and I saw him live, and that always really helps and they're nothing innovative in that way, mm-hmm. but they're really spot on mm-hmm. and they're they're doing that and some of it he's got some like some rhythm and blues kind of mm-hmm. vibe and stuff to it, some smooth stuff, but a lot of them are just straight up country songs yeah, and um just really spot and you see it live where his band's really tight he's got like the big belt buckle and the cowboy hat and he's he's just he's playing the part he is the part mm-hmm. and he and he's very confident and he moves around and he does a little honky tonk dance in his cowboy boots and um and yeah and the like I said the band you can tell a lot about country people if their bands really good mm-hmm. if they're really tight and his bands always really tight and then um yeah but yeah we're it's one of those albums that just feels really right on
1: vinyl. Mm-hmm.
0: It's got the crackle. And, the, mm-hmm. and Yeah, it just it just feels right on vinyl is the way I can think about it. He does amazing sad songs.
1: He does. Uh,
0: there's this, a song on this album called Odessa and it's so simple. It's just kind of the same repeating. I got Odessa on my mind mm-hmm. um, or I got Odessa in my head and it just kind of keeps that kind of cycle going. Mm-hmm. Mimicking that kind of obsession that he's got going on and um and the lines are like extremely simple like i got this in my head i think i'd like to wake up dead yeah like the and but it's just so and the the tempo is just that mid tempo and just um and just like having that album on the last couple days Mm -hmm. as we like make dinner Mm -hmm. or host a friend or it just feels right um, and I'm extremely excited. We're going to go see him uh, uh, at the Vogue here Yay. in Indy um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I am super
1: excited.
0: If anyone hears this and would like to come, you're invited, unless you're going to murder us. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you're welcome to come. I took a turn. <laughs> just covering my bases. <laughs> I'm, just covering, I'm not accusing any of our listeners of being murdered. <laughs> I'm just saying, please don't come and murder us. Uh, you can come and hang out. Yes. Uh, I'll buy you a beer. Yes. <laughs> I'm you not to murder <laughs> no, 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 God. no. That wasn't a bribe. <laughs> That's just me being nice. Um, But yeah, love Charlie Crockett. So check that out. The man from Waco. Uh, Yeah, so then let's finish up with some gratitude. Yeah. Um, what are you grateful for? I'm just really grateful for my... Developing community here in Indy, mm-hmm. you know, um, as someone with a mental illness, as someone who's very social, as someone um, who just moved to a new place, it's yeah. very important for me to have people I can count on and talk to and spend time with and check in with, and, yeah. um, and, you know, based on this last week, I was not feeling well. Like I said, my mind just wasn't working right. Um, everything was going fine in my life, and. You'd reach out to some people. I posted something on Instagram, and the the well wishes and the love mm. just came flooding. Yeah. And I was humbled by that. I was um, moved by that. And I was also, um, in some ways, um, uh, I don't want to say cured, but I was uh, helped by that yeah. in a lot of big ways. Um, especially someone just moved to town, you know? So... Um, where it's fun to see. I'm grateful to, to see all the little things like this church, and then, um, we've got some friends who are neighbors who we play games with and hang out with and go to stuff with yeah. in the neighborhood. We got that, we got our friends that go to show. You know, we're like finding all these different people, yeah. like, and figuring out, and like, of your friends who are also my friends, and yeah. like, we're, um, and just seeing that all kind of come together. And a big one, too, was, um, in the last week or two, uh, on two separate occasions, uh, buddies of mine from Elwood came down mm. to visit and hang out. Um, yeah. and that was huge. Yeah. Um, for sure. That was really, um, uh, yeah. And so just making me feel settled here. I'm really grateful for that and for the people who are do- helping me do that. Oh, that's great. What about you, Beth? What are you, um, grateful for?
1: I am grateful for a lot. I'm grateful that we have a cat that you probably just heard meow really loud. Um, she's our outdoor cat, come inside cat, who is the loudest creature in the world. Her name is Melba, after
0: the great country singer Melba Montgomery.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's very cuddly and likes to sit on you whenever you lay down. But I've enjoyed having her in the house. I'm grateful for Halloween. I love dressing up. and. Do you want things-
0: to claim this was your favorite holiday
1: it's it's up there i think it is i think it is i just love like this idea of being playful and pretending and being someone you're not just for a day okay um i don't know just exploring i guess yeah yeah not that i have a
0: hidden side you got a lot of delight too today out of handing out candy oh my god i haven't seen someone be so stoked to like see kids in costumes like And the kids in the little parade at church with their costumes. You were just beaming. I
1: was because they're so stinking cute. I just love the joy of it. So, yeah. That's been great. Um, So, yeah, I've just, it's been a nice, yeah. Lots of good things happening. I know it's been a struggle week too, and I hate that you weren't feeling uh, well,
0: but I'm glad that you're feeling better now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. We did it!
1: Yay! Opposites
0: refract Number seven, I believe. Seven.
1: Part two slash one. <laughs> part part slash... like eight. <laughs> We've tried so many times.
0: Um, well, thank you for listening, yes. y'all. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try to do a few more things on this feed. Start doing some interviews again. Um, I probably before the weather gets too cold, I need to do a porch poems. Um, yeah, um, so... I got distracted. I just look out the window and there's a. Squirrel stealing one of my gourds. Um, (laughs) So I'm grateful for that squirrel. Um, (laughs) That way I don't have to do anything with that gourd. Um, All right. Y'all be well. Stay safe.